This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. Hello and thank you for joining us for this month's Blue Convictions podcast. With the year 2020 drawing to a close, Amundi has just published its 2021 outlook. So in today's special edition, we'll mostly be looking to the year ahead. For more, I'm joined now by Monica Defend, the Global Head of Research here at Amundi. Hello, Monica. Welcome to you. Hello, Tom, and welcome to everybody listening to us. Well, what a year it has been. As I said, we're mainly going to be focused on 2021. But why don't we begin with an overall view of the year that has passed? What are your key takeaways, both on the macroeconomic side and on financial markets? Thank you, Tom. What a year indeed. It has been an extraordinary year where financial markets eventually decouple from economics because uh, we have seen it is a collapse in the economic activity. More than 86% of the countries around the world are expected to see negative growth prints this year. It, will, it is even worse uh, than the uh, during the global financial crisis. And this is the first takeaway I would like to share with you. Uh, the second, um, why markets have been looking through these uh, pandemic uh, logistics moving uh, moving higher? Because uh, the, the performance uh, indeed uh, has been, depending on the markets, on the region and the sector, uh, quite, quite good. Well, the answer relates uh, to the big, fast and coordinated reactions uh, from the policymakers, both on the, on the fiscal side, uh, unlike uh, the global financial uh, crisis, the fiscal policy have been uh, very supportive uh, with, the, uh, with the recovery, trying to manage uh, the health issue and now positioning moving into uh, 2021 uh, to move, to shift from relief into boosting the economies. And second, it has been complemented, actually it, it has been really a partnership with the monetary policy and the central banks that targeted uh, the stability in the markets and have been pumping liquidity uh, in the in the financial market, allowing uh, to a certain extent the corporate sector to build back some uh, liquidity buffer uh, to face potential solvency and solvability issues uh, as we move uh, into 2021. The third uh, takeaway is that some areas have been managing better the crisis, notably Asia. Uh, because of uh, confinement, because um, confinement measures, uh, because of tracing. However, uh, the, uh, even if COVID there was much worse and, one, uh, and widespread, eventually North Asia in particular proved to be the first in the crisis and the first out, out of the crisis. Fourth takeaway is that the crisis has been accelerating some trends that were in place, such as digital, and some sectors that were already in, in trouble still remain under pressure. In conclusion, looking ahead, scarce will remain. We are watchful on the labor market um, and the consumption dynamics, because this will shape uh, the recovery. 
One last word, I know my answer is quite articulated, but there are a lot of lessons we are taking from 2020. From the portfolio positioning and investment perspective, what we learn is that flexibility and active allocation has been the name of the game. We started the year positive on risk asset, we reduced a bit in March the position in, on that front, and then we played the road to recovery primarily uh, through the exposure on uh, on credit in november as soon as uh, we noticed that the political uh, risk was uh, somehow reducing uh, the U.S. election are already behind us, and we knew and renewed hope on the uh, on the uh, vaccine. Our asset allocation has tilted towards a more constructive stance to play reflection, uh, in particular th- through uh, cyclical sectors. And Monica, what about asset classes and portfolios? Do we end the year on a positive note? Yes, indeed. And uh, as I was mentioning in my very long first answer, the first reason comes out of the U.S., where the Biden victory uh, without a real uh, blue uh, blue wave that uh, might have forced some extreme uh, left wings uh, being uh, um, left wings ideas being uh, measures being implemented. Well, without this uh, real blue wave, markets. Uh, uh, seen this as the best possible uh, outcome. There is a still uh, one day, the 5th of January, will uh, will remain, uh, which is key in our agenda because uh, it is the runoff uh, on the on the Georgia. But eventually, we think um, that we will come up uh, with a U.S. that will be more centrist than before. And the second positive news news is uh, related to the progresses that we are seeing on the vaccine front, Pfizer, Moderna, uh, all of these is building on the market some hope that really is helping them looking through uh, the uh, pandemic and spillovers uh, logistics being more constructive entering 2021. Okay, let's move now to 2021. What are your key forecasts? So, you know, we, as a Mundi, we are used to pencil um, scenarios because these allow us uh, to have some discipline in running the base case, the base narrative, and the uh, alternative risks, both on the upside and on the uh, on the downside. So, starting from the uh, macro side, our views for 2021 is that we we are just entering a multi-year process uh, that um, to see the, the, the world back I- in order. In 2021, in particular, uh, we will see this uh, sequencing of economic relapses, inflec- infection outbreaks, selective lockdowns, and policy boosters. Our main assumption is that... Um, a broad, uh, safe and effective uh, vaccine will be disseminated in the second half of 2021 and up to then, uh, the uh, policy uh, makers will bridge bridge the gap to to vaccination. Um, global trade will uh, will uh, um, slip uh, slip further, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the COVID nineteen crisis has been exacerbating income and uh, wealth inequality with some rising social tensions. So, this uh, will definitely be one of the themes we are going uh, to. 
to see and to talk about uh, in the in the next years. When we go to the markets, uh, we expect low rates, low inflation until the uh, situation normalizes. Uh, we will see earnings uh, um, recovering 20, 30 percent on uh, on a global on the on the global year uh, yearly great, um, growth. In the uh, developed market, it is likely to see. Uh, a cap on uh, on rates just because uh, we have uh, two reasons there. The relative valuation, so the case with the risky asset and then uh, the need to pay down the debt that we have been uh, piling up uh, over the, the last uh, years. While in the emerging markets rates will remain appealing in uh, in uh, relative uh, in relative term. Anyway, we remain pro-risky asset as we were saying, but we need to balance this with protection uh, and gold remain one of our uh, favorite uh, asset classes to, to this extent. Monica, in the Outlook paper, you mentioned three global macroeconomic themes for 2021. Could you please tell us a bit more about them? Yes, again, this is one uh, of the future uh, of our asset uh, allocation, having some uh, investment theme that allow us to look forward to shape our uh, active approach and judge when uh, and how this uh, theme will uh, materialize. As you were saying, we have uh, three themes. The first relates to this unprecedented collapse and uneven uh, revival that will require a few years to put the, the world back in order. Uh, this means that uh, in according uh, to this uh, speed and composition of growth, we will fine-tune our risk-on, risk-off uh, stance. Uh, another consequence uh, is uh, that Asia, in particular North Asia, uh, has been the first in and first out. So this is again some one of the investment uh, consequences uh, we are taking into account. Inflation in the emerging market will materialize before we see inflation prints uh, in uh, noticeable inflation prints in the developed market, and emerging effects uh, might have uh, a good uh, a good a good appeal. And then the one million dollar question: whether growth and value are a tipping point? Are at a tipping point there? Uh, we think that a rotation will really come into place at the time a vaccine will be available. The second theme uh, refers to globalization. Uh, we have been talking about uh, deglobalization, actually, because this is one uh, of the theme that uh, COVID-19 brought from the political sphere into uh, economic uh, consequences. So out of there, we see increased fragmentations uh, and divergences across countries, across uh, sectors, and this call uh, for selection on, uh, on our side. And then as we move uh, into 2021, there will be the reopening uh, sector uh, narrative. The third investment theme refers to the policy mix, where we do see uh, these uh, uh, triplete, triplete, you know, uh, as Italians, as Europeans, we are a little bit obsessed with football, but triplete is this uh, uh, football uh, on, on 
football prize that uh, you give uh, uh, when you win a three championship. And we would like to see uh, the political agreement uh, and the execution plan, uh, the policy, um, monetary policy being uh, successful in stabilizing the, the market and the fiscal policy being targeting selective uh, sectors. So if we prove to be successful and we get the triplete on, on that side, uh, we might see low rates, moderate fiscal expansion, and further expansion on the uh, central bank's balance sheet that should lift commodities. Monica, I'd like to end our podcast with a few words on the EU Recovery Fund, and especially on the role that ESG can play after the first two bond issues under the Shore scheme. Well, the bonds met strong investor demand. What's your view on that? Okay, let's start with the recovery fund, which is uh, by far uh, one of the uh, best achievements we had uh, in the uh, Eurozone during the uh, pandemic and during 2020. Now, 2021, as we were saying, we see this uh, execution risk uh, to be uh, closely, closely monitored. When we move into ESG, already within uh, the recovery fund, uh, a big chunk of money needed to be uh, addressed uh, on that front. So per se, uh, this is a call uh, um, we are uh, we are making uh, on the uh, you you um, you investing on the on the SG. Then uh, when uh, we uh, move uh, to the bond issuance uh, on that front, as you mentioned, uh, the two first uh, bond issues under the sure scheme, the the scheme for unemployment, uh, really found a lot of appetite and a good take up from investor. We had two, one on uh, October the, the 20th, uh, where uh, the issuance um, was uh, under the, um, the 100 billion uh, program and the issuance really, the take up was uh, so big that uh, there was an oversubscription uh, recording at 233 uh, billion euros, which is by far the highest demand for a bond in history. Then we had a second issuance on the 10th of, of November, which was again very, very popular with a high degree of oversubscription. Whereas when we move to ESG investing, we really do believe it can play an important role in the post-COVID-19 recovery, in particular on the, on the social bonds issued under the uh, S-pillar. We mentioned at the beginning that uh, income and wealth inequalities and uh, social tensions are going to be one uh, of the uh, subjects we will be covering uh, with uh, our uh, investment uh, narrative. So any kind of uh, procedure addressed to the expenditure to increase uh, capacity in the healthcare services and equipment uh, will be uh, will be key uh, on top of these uh, the lockdowns that have been imposed in uh, most of the areas uh, of the world and the subsequent uh, global uh, economic uh, crisis have been already having an impact on million uh, millions of people losing uh, their job numbers are by far much higher uh, than uh, the layoff that we have seen during the, the global uh, financial uh, crisis. So beyond the current COVID-19 context, social bonds constitute one of the tools uh, that might 
meet a broader um, development on uh, on this uh, on this front in the decades to come. Well, Monica Defend, Global Head of Research here at Amundi, thank you very much indeed for that. And thank you to you for listening. We hope to have you with us soon for another Blue Convictions podcast. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.